Good morning, everybody. There we go. Hey, great to see all of you here in Next today. It's good to see a few people that we don't always get to see, so that's awesome. And all of you folks that are here um, on a regular basis, it's just it's great to see all of you. I love the feel of the room with all of the laughter and uh, just the the goodness that's here, and it's it's an awesome thing. So uh, we are going to continue today our series. Uh, the Proving Grounds by Kevin Gerald, and uh, in the interest of time, because I want to give uh, Aaron as much time as we can, I want to get out of the way quickly, but before he comes, I just wanted to say how much I appreciate um, the influence of Aaron in my life. God has blessed me, and if you've never really taken the time to, to think about it, I encourage you to do so, but think about your circle, your circle of influence and the people that are in it and how they influence you. I feel like God has really blessed me um, with some great influences. Um, and some of them are here today. And uh, Brian Tier um, and Aaron and then, well, there's Nathan, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> but God has blessed me with some great men uh, that I consider friends, but also voices in my life that um, speak to me and challenge me, and all of them challenge me in different ways. And the way that Aaron, one of the way that Aaron challenges me is very unique, and that is through uh, his work ethic. Um, Aaron Duran works harder than just about anybody I know and considers it a personal challenge to not let anyone outwork him. And uh, it always challenges me. Um, because he he shows me what's possible if you're willing to just keep working, and I appreciate that about him. But another thing that Aaron has done over the past year or two that has uh, really challenged me and made a huge impact in my life is his personal call to prayer and the way that he has dedicated himself to prayer and uh, the things that he's done uh, to try to um, make his prayer life more vibrant and meaningful and the things that he's done to sow that seed into the lives of other people. And at some point, uh, I know that Aaron has talked to us about the prayer journal that he's used and uh, just what a difference it's made in my life. And I feel like um, I was able to overcome uh, some obstacles as a, res- as a direct result of his influence in that area. And um, I, I just love Aaron Duran. And I appreciate his voice and influence. The scripture says that iron sharpeneth iron, and he is one of those pieces of iron in my life uh, that has sharpened me and made me better. And there are so many more of those that are here in this room today, but I'm, I'm glad today that you get to hear Aaron talk to us about the warfare test today. Come on, man. He didn't fail me. He asked me this morning if uh, if I wanted him to introduce me. I said, heck yeah, dude, you always make me feel great. So uh, just to be mentioned in that uh, in that circle of people that he mentioned is, uh, is, a, is a big deal to me and special to me. And I want to thank you all for allowing me to be here. I want to just real quick share with you something in my prayer journal. Uh, so those of you that are not usually here that are here this morning, this might be for you. I don't know. I said, Lord, speak to my heart and give me something. Uh, that will be helpful to those that will be there. So uh, congratulations for you that, that, that don't normally come. I mean, you've got bullseye right on you, just saying. So, um, But no, really, I, um, this is the first lesson that, that, uh, that Jason has given me that he actually told me what he wanted me to talk about. 
which was I thought was going to be awesome, until I got to 11 pages of notes from what he sent me. And I was like, man, how am I ever going to squeeze all this down? But uh, I'm going to try my very best. Uh, I have it on my computer. I have it on paper. So if something happens, I'm prepared. It's just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. So anyway, um, today uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about the warfare test. And, uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> Notes. Uh, look how prepared I was. I'm just going to get y'all to, yeah, thank you, dude. Nathan got me. He said that uh, it said welfare test. And I said, oh, my goodness, I just made 30 copies. And I knew that would be just what I would do. But <clears throat> anyway, so we're talking about the warfare test today. And, and as I got into this, I realized uh, I, I actually I picked this because I thought it was going to be the test that I was in. And I, I think I still may be to some some uh, level or, or, or other. But I, I'm actually my test was another test. But going through this. um, just made me just more aware of what this test is and more aware of how to identify this test and, and really how many times I've been through it in my life. So uh, this test occurs when you are in the will of God and are experiencing adversity. So I don't know uh, what you feel about yourself today as far as the will of God, but I believe that just you being here today, whether you meant for it or not, means that you're in the will of God because this is no better place to be. There's no, so many times I've been to church and did not want to be there, did not want to go, and God spoke to me in, in a way that I really, really needed at that time, and I, I was in the will of God to be there at that moment of time. So I want you to know that you are in the will of God this morning, and this is for you, and this is for me. So I don't know how many of you, uh, when you were in school, enjoyed pop quizzes. I hated pop quizzes. I really like despise pop quizzes because I like to be somewhat prepared for things, especially a test, something that I know all I got to go do is learn it and then put it on paper, learn it and put it on paper and I can pass. That kind of thing is, is not simple, but I, I know what I got to do. But when I had a pop quiz, it was like, and it's just like what I got to, you know, pull up from memory right now. But, you know, I like a little heads up, but this, what we're doing here with these tests is we're, we're preparing ourselves to be able to recognize these things when they come along, okay? So we want to be able to recognize the warfare test when we get there. That way, when we do get there, it's not just a, a, a per se pop quiz. We kind of prepared ourselves. We kind of know what we need to do. So the warfare test comes to prove how well we respond to adversity. So uh, maybe some of you sitting here today feel like, you, you know, you're not a fighter, you don't have a fighter inside. I'm, I don't like to fight, blah, 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 whatever. But I'm here to tell you that God created us, each and every one of us, with a little bit of a fighter inside of us, okay? And we just have to know, we just have to want something bad enough, right, to want to fight for it. So if we want something bad enough, you're going to fight for it. You're going to fight for it, all right? So while I was going through this, this material, and I'm not using the computer at all. I'm just using my paper, which is okay with me. When I was going through this material, I realized three different things. I try to, you know, I was trying to, it was so much stuff, and I was trying to break it down, trying to break it down, and I ended up coming up with three different things, three things that we have to figure out if we're going to pass the warfare test. And it's on your paper, but it's, it's, number one is want, number two is heart, and number three is choice. And we're going to go over want first. And I believe that God wants good for each one of us. He wants good 
for each one of us. And, and I believe that because I've read it in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. This reminds me of Brother Murphy's message a couple of Wednesdays ago. I don't know if any of you were here, but he talked about is God always good? And if you weren't here, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'm not really going to go over any of it. But if you weren't here, you need to go back and listen to that podcast because it talked about, you know, God maybe not feeling like he's good in everything, but overall God is good and everything works together for our good. So one of the mistakes that people make, and I hear people making, I've made myself, is that if God wants something for me, then it's just going to happen. I don't really have to do a whole lot. It's just going to be God's will, and there's not a whole lot I'm going to have to do for it. If it's going to be good, it's going to be good. If it's going to be bad, it's going to be bad. Sometimes, you know, they feel like if there's any type of adversity in a situation, well, then automatically that's not God's will. It's going to be something else because I'm experiencing adversity. I'm experiencing some pushback. And so that God must be trying to tell me that don't go that direction. You need to go an easier route. I also believe that if you're living, you know, uh, if you're living the will of God or if you're living in the will of God, then your desires should be godly desires, okay? Godly desires if you're living in the will of God. And therefore, what you truly want will line up with what God wants for your life, okay? And so that being said, God can want something for us all day long. He can want it so badly for us. But if we don't have vision for it, if we don't plan for it, if we don't work for it, and if we don't want it as much as he wants it for us, we might possibly miss out on that opportunity. We have to want it. Want it. <clears throat> this mistake has caused so many people to miss out on blessings and opportunities and the progress, really, that God has planned for your life. Because it said that God has good plans, right? Good plans. So what we accomplish in life is not based on what we want, but how much we want and how willing we are to fight for what it is that we want. On the, uh, you know, one of the undeniable ingredients is that, uh, that helps us determine our personal potential is our capacity to fight for what we want or, or, or what we want to see in our future. So Mark Twain says, you know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the fight in the dog. We've all heard that, right? It's, it's a little bitty dog that got a lot of fight, that little chihuahua, they just... It will scare that Great Dane down the road all day long, every day. But there's so many different examples of people who it seemed like they shouldn't be in that situation they're in. They shouldn't be in that category, whether it's a secular job, whether it's a, a position at church. They shouldn't be there. They're less talented. They don't have the pedigree, whatever it might be. But that very talented person that seems like they should be there, sometimes they might give up in the face of adversity a lot quicker. And so then they never, the talent that they have, it, doesn't really amount to anything because they gave up before they even got to the point where they could really truly use the talent that God had given them. A couple examples uh, that I could use today of people that didn't seem like they should have been there, right? They didn't seem like they should have been in that situation. The one that I hope, hope I can relate to everybody in here with these two examples, but the first one I thought of was Coach O at LSU, right? Coach O, when he was hired at LSU, it's all I go, go Tigers, right? You didn't understand anything he said. He reminded us all of Waterboy. If you, were, you know, I think everybody in here remembers Waterboy. You know, and the guy that he was like the stereotypical LSU football coach. Jason's like he, he's like who's Waterboy? Uh, but 
he, he just didn't seem like he fit the bill. He didn't seem like he was smart enough. He didn't seem like he was going to be able to do it. His, his history was nothing but failure, you know, failure at this school, failure at that school, failure at this school. But I listened to a really, really interesting uh, interview with Coach O, and number one, he talked about his church. You know, he talked about on Sunday morning going to church, even after football games. Now, if he really does it or not, I don't know, but he talked about it, all right? It was important to him. He talked about it in the interview. And he said he gets up every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, or he's at the football stadium at 6 o'clock every morning with his coffee on the balcony, thanking God for the opportunity that he has to be at that school in his home state and all these different things. And look at Coach O now. People are just mind-blown by Coach O, the guy that can't talk, the guy that seems so stupid, the guy that seemed like he would never be there more than two or three years until they finally found the right guy for the job. But now look at him. They're trying to figure out how can we produce Coach O in our next coach? How can we find the next Coach O that's just out there waiting to come to our school for no money, right, and and to just make our team a national championship team in three or four years? Where is that guy at? Coach O, he, he proved them all wrong. He proved them all wrong. Next guy would be that shepherd boy David. You know, I'm going to bring it back to the Bible here. The shepherd boy David, a little kid. How old was he, Jason? I don't know how old David was when he killed Goliath. He was small. Let's say 12. I don't know. I'm making that up. But he was little, all right? His father sent him to the field, to the war field, to bring his brother some food, and there's a giant out there. I don't care if he was 30. There was a giant out there, okay, just taunting them. And everybody in the army wouldn't go. Nobody wanted to go face him. David said, I'll do it. I'll do it. Basically, he's like, he knew on the inside of him what he wanted. What did he want? He wanted to please his God. He knew that he was supposed to be something great. And so he was not afraid to go and face something that seemed like it should have been too big, seemed like it should have been overwhelming. He was not afraid. Well, he probably was afraid, but I'm going to get to it in a minute, and I'm going to skip ahead of my notes. His determination outweighed that, right? His determination outweighed that. The shepherd boy David should not have been there. It should have been some great warrior. It should have been someone that had been in the army and fighting and trained and all these different things. It should have been someone better, but it wasn't. It was David, and he was just a little boy. In both of these examples, there's no doubt that both of these men knew what they wanted, and they were willing to fight to get to it. I'm going to talk really uh, for a minute about the heart of a champion. How many of you believe that the fight for your future is more internal than it is an external fight? Your greatest enemy is not some giant external force or situation or person, right? But it's actually the internal battle that we fight and how we see ourselves at that time and our internal response to that situation. The adversity or the setback is not the thing that defines us. The thing that defines us is our response, which starts way deep down inside, okay? It's the response that we have. There's no doubt that we have to fight for our future. We will face adversity. It's just going to happen. We will face adversity as we advance in God's plan and purpose for our lives. And how much we can handle comes down to our inner strength, right, or our heart. Now, 
I, you know, I Google just about everything because I just, you know, I just go to Google. So I Googled the definition of heart. And there were several different definitions there. One of them had to do with love. One of them had to do with empathy. But the one I was looking for was determination. So in place of heart today, we're going to say determination. The determination of a champion. So if we're going to pass this, this warfare test, we need to know exactly what determination is. Determination is actually a positive emotional feeling of all things. It, it involves persevering towards a difficult goal in spite of obstacle or adversity. This particular definition that I looked up, it, it went on to say that determination occurs prior to or before, before a goal is attained and serves as a motivator uh, or I'm sorry, it serves to motivate behaviors that will help achieve that goal. So it happens, determination happens before the goal is met. How many of you know that our emotions have a lot to do with how we react to things, have a lot to do with what we do in a given day? Now, we can, we, we can and will have lots of different emotions in a day, depending on what's going on in life. But if we have determination... If we have determination, this is what I was talking about with David, as one of those emotions, it can overcome the negative emotions that are keeping us from moving forward. Determination outweighs that. <clears throat> I had to put, you know, I had to put uh, in my notes while I was preparing, preparing for this, that I, or I had put in there, that to find a story about an underdog, you know, so that we could go through and we could to talk about the, the determination that it took for him to win. And it, it was, you know, I was like, man, I got to find that really good underdog story. But what occurred to me while I was going through this was it's, it's not about being an underdog because we shouldn't consider ourselves to be underdogs, right? We shouldn't consider ourselves to be underdogs. It's simply just about being an overcomer and not giving up. Being an overcomer and not giving up. We're going to give, uh, uh, are we going to give up when the opportunity arises? Because it will. You will have an opportunity to give up. Or are we going to have the determination it takes to get what we want? So this is where I'm going to deviate big time, and I'm sorry. But I was riding in the truck Thanksgiving Day, and, and, and I told Carter that I plugged this in here. And, and real quick, I, I, when I told Carter I plugged this story in here, he's like, well, I told him we had just got through listening to a bunch of Jerry Clowder uh, stuff on the way home from Mississippi yesterday, and so both my boys and y'all might have heard me a while ago. They're both now like anything that happens, they go, knock him out, John. That's what Parker says now. They want they want to talk about Jerry Clowder. It's hilarious. And then we went, we were going through Liberty, Mississippi, and there's a there's a highway called Jerry Clowder Highway, and it was it was awesome. It brought it all together. But this particular thing, this was Thanksgiving Day, and we were riding in the truck, and uh. We'd been talking about turkey all day long, eating turkey all day long, and Parker had asked me if I'd shot the turkey, and I said, yeah, I shot him with injection, and then I had to explain all that, and, you know, it was just a bunch of, bunch of you know, just I was getting myself into a hole, and, and so we was riding home, and uh, Brittany and, and Anna Kate went one direction, and me and the boys were going another direction, and Carter says, uh, Daddy, didn't you chase a turkey one time? And I was like, I was like man, it just caught, caught, me, caught me off guard, and I was like, chase a turkey? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we went turkey hunting in, in, in Texas, yeah, I chased. Tell us that story, Dad. Tell us that story. So they wanted to tell stories. Now, it's, it's really fun for me because I get to tell them stories. But I said, uh, so I said, yeah, you know, I went through it. And, and the things I want you all to get out of this story is that we knew what we wanted, okay? We wanted the turkey in the cooler, all right? 
and we were determined, and it didn't matter who killed the turkey. All that matters is when the turkey got into the cooler. And just a little extra for y'all, how many of you know that it's going to take some people around you that don't care about themselves, they just care that the, the turkey gets in the cooler, right? They just care that you get help, and they want to help you, all right? So anyway, in this turkey story, we were missing, and I'm going to give you all the very short version, but I shot a turkey, and I shot him at like from me to landing really close, so my pattern's really tight. I mean, I might as well have been shooting a 22 at this turkey's head. So I hit him, but not very well, and the turkey fell down, man, and uh, I had, you know, I was, I was all jacked up, excited about the turkey falling. I was like, oh, man. You know, and so I start walking towards the turkey, and the turkey gets up and just, and just starts flying. And so I'm chucking, trying to shuck a, a, a shell in my shotgun, and in doing so, I shucked all my shells out of my shotgun. They all go out. So I have no shells left, no shells left, and I start just running after this turkey. I don't know what I'm going to do to him when I get there. It's about that time, I don't know if many of you know Jonathan Morgan, that's my buddy, he coming out the other side of the field, and I'm running across the field, and he comes running across the field because he don't know what's up. I'm like, I need a shell! I need a shell! So, you know, we're kind of doing this number right here, and he throws a shell at me, and I don't know how I caught it, but I caught this shell, okay? I tuck it in my gun, and I get to the turkey, and I'm looking at the turkey, and he looks dead, and I'm like, well, maybe he died. Maybe he just died. So I'm walking up to him, and I'm, and I'm probably here to Rachel, and, and, the, and his eyes go, I was like, he's not dead. And he, he takes off running. And I, I just ran across a field that was probably like at least 200 yards wide. And I was, and when I shot, I'm, I didn't even get close to the turkey when I shot. So that was all my shells. I got no more shells left. He just threw me his extra shell. No more shells. The turkey's still alive. He's hurt, but he's alive. So I take off running after the turkey again. And we cornered the turkey up. Jonathan's coming this way. I'm coming this way. And I got no more shells. And I'm like, what am I doing? So I got a knife. So I was like, Put my gun down, take my knife out, and I'm belly crawling to this turkey. And I'm going to kill this turkey no matter what. And Jonathan still to this day says he wishes that he knew that I was determined to kill this turkey with a knife because he would not have shot it. But I got about halfway to the turkey and boom, Jonathan shot, rolled the turkey, and the turkey's dead. You know, I was going to kill that turkey with that knife. I'm telling you, I was going to do it. I was determined to kill that turkey. Well, I got through telling the story. Car says... <laughs> Man, that sounds fun. I said it was a blast, dude. It was a blast. But what I'm telling that story for is because there was determination. We knew what we wanted. We were determined. It was fun, but I really didn't realize the whole aspect of how fun it was until after it was done and it was attained. Then I looked back and I said, man, that was fun. And I could tell the story, right? In the middle of all that, I wasn't saying, this is so much fun. I can't wait to tell somebody about that. I was just wanting to kill the turkey. Right? Just wanting to kill the turkey. We'll talk about the choices. Okay? So our determination, my determination to kill that turkey started affecting my choices in a positive way, thankfully. Okay? I did not think about running across the field. I did not think about taking my knife out. It was just, I knew what the goal was. I knew what I wanted. I was determined. And those things just started happening. They just, I, just, I just took off running. I just took my knife out. I was just going to do what I had to do, to whatever I had to do to get it, to get what I wanted, right? We have to choose to be a champion. Every single day that we wake up, we have to choose to be a champion. Our potential to conquer will be given many, many, many opportunities to prove itself through our lifetime. But if we don't choose to do the thing that gets us there, 
will never experience our full potential as a conqueror. Champions come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, right? They're not just the lucky guy, the, the trouble-free person that never had, you know, an adversity. Champions are overcomers. It's not a result of where they were born, where they went to school, what happened to them in their life. The primary ingredient of a, of the life, in the life of a champion is the choice to be the champion. What's the choice to be a champion? And we're going to bring it like to why we're really here today because everything really boils down to a choice. What choice? You, there's, there's a fork. There's a fork. There's a fork. There's a fork. What choice did I make? Number one choice, or the one, number one reason, the choice to be a champion is the acceptance of God's word, which says you are a champion. Now, I remember Brother Johnson back in the day when we were in church, and he would say, I read the back of the book, and we win. We win. It's like, no worries. I don't read the back of the book, and we won. We got this. Why are you worried about it? But I didn't really realize, <laughs> they're laughing, they've heard it too. I didn't really realize what all he was saying until I really was going through this right here. But our purpose as Christians is to glorify God with our life. That's our purpose. It's not, you know, some of the things that we do. You know, although if, if you're doing well at work, if you're doing the, those things, you're doing them to the glory of God. If you're doing them with everything that you have, okay? But living in honor of him doesn't happen in putting ourselves down, our shrinking of ourselves doesn't make God bigger. Hiding our light in what we know is, you know, for whatever reason, doesn't make God's light brighter. We have to do those things. So the psalmist says, the Lord is my helper, the strength of my life. He also says, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. In other words, you got to believe in yourself and in God. You got to believe in yourself that you can do it and in God. So we got to have confidence in ourselves that's based on our confidence in God. We may not feel like champions or, or believe that we're champions every day that we wake up, but those are the days that the choice is the most important. Those are the days that we have to make the choice. It's easy to say, I'm going to be a champion when I'm feeling great, right? But it's not easy to say, I'm going to be a champion today no matter what. And I don't care what they said, Right? Well, here's what the Bible says about being a winner. In Romans 8 and 37 through 35, it says, Can anything ever separate us from, the Christ's, from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or, or if we are persecuted or if we're hungry or desolate or in danger? It's not sounding too good. Or threatened to death? As the scripture says, for, <clears throat> for, you, for your sake, I typos, for your sake we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. Sounds terrible. No, despite all things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Overwhelming victory. Through all those things, all those terrible things that I just said, overwhelming victory through Christ who loves us. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. I hear a lot of overcoming there. Overcome, overcome through God, through Christ. We have to choose to accept that word. We have to choose to believe what that saying is for real. We have to choose to say, I believe that. We may lose a few battles because we're human. 
right? We're going to make mistakes. But according to God's word, if we fight through him, we cannot lose the war. We are destined to win. Number two, the choice to be a champion empowers a person with the will to win. I think I'm going to do this on time. To be or not to be, right? We've heard that before. To be or not to be. But we heard it usually it's in Shakespeare or something other like that. But it's for us too. Are we going to be a champion or are we not going to be a champion? That's the choice we have every day. Let us ask ourselves today, what do we really want to do? Or what do we really want to be a champion over today? Have we really decided to do it against all odds, no matter what it takes? This can be applied to every single part of our life. When we make a choice to do something, the will to accomplish it is given direction. When we make that choice, our will is given direction. The more definite our direction is, the greater our willpower. The more determined we are, like this is the direction I'm going, the greater our willpower. But an undecided person cannot tap into, the, into his or her, her strength of will. So <clears throat> my parents, they're going to get me a Christmas gift no matter what. And they ask me every year, Aaron, what do you want? And I don't know. I'm not, I really don't want them to get me anything. But I'm an only child. So they're going to get me something. So if I don't tell them what I want, guess what? I get a bunch of stuff that I do not want. Sometimes I get it twice because I give it back and they give it to me the next year. It's still too big, Mom. <laughs> That's been said. Likewise, or, or the same goes for what we're talking about today. If we remain undecided as far as what we want, we will end up with a lot of results that we really don't want just because we couldn't decide to choose a direction to send our willpower. Joshua 24:15 says there is a verse I'm sorry Joshua 24:15 okay so this is a verse that when we built our house we we scratched this into the slab you know everybody likes to scratch stuff into their slab we we scratched this one in the slab up at my handprint and Brittany's handprint and Carter's handprint and Ellie Mae's handprint at the time but it says but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve whether the gods of, of, of your forefathers served beyond, uh, that they served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live in today. But for, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what it says. So there's, there's gonna, you're going to choose something to serve, but what are you going to serve? Some of us here today have not decided to beat that thing that we're struggling with so bad either alone or as a couple. The question is that it's not... Can you do it? The question really is, have you decided to do it? Or have you decided, like, I won't beat this thing. When we make a decision, our will to win can begin to move towards that goal. The choice actually challenges you to action. The choice to do it challenges us to move. In fact, in this way, uh, I'm sorry. In fact, in, it's a... It's, uh, We know exactly, we, we know exactly sometimes, it, we know exactly what direction we need to go. But just knowing that direction does nothing for us. Just knowing that we need to go this way or we need to go that way, or we need to do this thing, just knowing it is not enough. Fighting is doing and doing is fighting, all right? 
You got to move. You got to do something. In our world today, being comfortable is way overrated and being committed is way underrated. The best things that ever ever happened to me in my life did not happen to me, I promise you. They didn't happen to me when I was in a comfortable zone. And I thought about that for a minute, too, because I thought, well, what about Brittany? Well, I met Brittany because I was uncomfortable where I was at, and I couldn't find a girlfriend, so I went somewhere else. The The best things that have happened to me happened to me when I was uncomfortable, but I was committed to what I wanted and the decision that I had made to get it no matter what. This commitment caused me to move and it caused me to fight. So I'm going to talk to you all real quick about being or becoming a champion fighter. I got about five minutes. There are lots of things that are not necessary to be a champion fighter, okay? Certain kind of education, certain family background, et cetera, et cetera. But there are two things that we all need to be if we're going to be or to have if we're going to be a champion fighter the ability to punch and the ability to take a punch, or vice versa. Taking a punch, when we can take a punch, it means that we can keep on fighting after we've been hit. Even if we've been hit hard enough to knock us to the ground, we can take that punch, and we can get up. We're going to get hit. You know, if if, if we're following after God's will, we're going to get hit in our lives, and and if we're afraid, if we're afraid to get hit, then you cannot be a champion. It's not possible. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despair, not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck out, but not destroyed. Giving a punch. The good news is that we don't, we don't have to just be a punching bag, right? We don't have to just be a punching bag, but we must be able to punch back and fight back when we get hit. Some say I'm not a fighter, but what about when it's your family? What about when it's your marriage? What about when it's your future? Do you want those things bad enough to fight for them? Really? So I'm not going to ask you all to raise y'all's hand, but I really wanted to ask how many of you in here have ever watched an MMA fight. And the, 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 it's pretty brutal. It's really brutal, actually. But the thing, that, the thing that struck me while I was going through this about an MMA fighter is those guys know what it means to fight. Okay, and the thing about the fight that they know the most about, which is the most brutal part to me, is at the end of the fight when the other guy goes down, they don't go down. This guy, no. When that guy goes down, it's like almost immediate reaction. They jump on top of him and start bouncing their head like a basketball off the floor. And it's like, oh, my goodness. But what did David do to Goliath when he knocked him down with the stone? He didn't walk away. No, he went and got Goliath's own sword and cut his head off. That's a little excessive, don't you think? But he wanted to make sure that that enemy that he just defeated never came back. Never came back. <clears throat> there was so much material in this, in this stuff that, that, that Jason blessed me with. But one of the things that I, I wanted to make sure I got across to y'all is that your enemy, the thing that you're fighting, the thing that you're wanting to destroy... It's not the person on the other side. It's not the person on the other side, okay? God loves that person. He is not wanting to destroy that person. 
We have to keep this in mind because there's souls hanging in the balance. And this, when I, when I, little did I know, when I was praying for God to give me something that was for somebody that was there, I think he knew that I was going to be here because this is for me. It's not the person on the other side, okay? Don't try to destroy that person. Don't hate the person. Hate what they're doing. Try to, de- try to defeat what they're doing, but don't hate the person. We need to identify the enemy correctly. So I'm going to read through this list real fast. Unbelief, low self-esteem, sickness, negativity, bad eating habits, drug and alcohol abuse, hopelessness, boredom, jealousy, anger, pride, lack of consideration, lack of motivation, weakness, sex outside of marriage, selflessness, poor self-image, criticism, lack of character, lack of integrity, misunderstandings, inconsistencies, laziness. Excess debt, failure to plan, ignorance. They're all on your paper. Don't worry. Over time, our reaction to adversity can limit our reach or influence. If we react to these things improperly, if we react to the person and not to the thing that's actually going on, we can limit our reach to that person. We might be the only person that can reach that person. But if we react negatively to what's going on here just because they're fighting back, We could lose that forever. This is why it's important to remember that that person is one of those, you know, it's it's not that person. It's one of those things. Don't fight to destroy the person. Fight to destroy what's going on. We can read it about Jesus, his encounter in in the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke 22. I'm not going to go over it, but he encountered, or he he proved to us there, that when we encounter adversity, we we can answer with grace. We can answer with perseverance and hope. Jesus said in John 16, 33, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Whenever, whenever they lopped his ear off, God didn't get crazy. Jesus didn't get crazy. He picked the ear up, put it back on him, right? He didn't, it didn't get to be something, some, some out-of-hand situation. But hope, hope now, hope is the stubborn, unrelenting determination to not allow a hardship of life to downside the bigness of God. I'm going to say it one more time. Hope is the stubborn, unrelenting determination to not allow the hardship of, God, of, of life to downsize the bigness of God. In the middle of, of a warfare test, it could become easy to play the victim and stay put. We all have the choice between being a victim and a victor. It's, it's one or the other. You, you can't do both. And I really hope that today y'all will choose to be victors and champions. So I'm going to give y'all a couple of next steps right quick. I want y'all to identify one or two of your enemies this week. And I want you to make sure that it doesn't have a name like Nathan or Kim. Okay? Identify your real enemy. Decide if it's something you want bad enough to fight for. If, it's, if, if, if you're determined to see it through to the end and wake up every morning to choose, choose, choose to be a champion in that fight. You have to choose it. It's your choice. Thank you all today. Appreciate you all.